Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from the Rock of Gainesville. And jump right into the word this morning. You know, the last five weeks, Pastor Jamie and I were touching on subjects that uh, a lot of ways uh, can seem a little negative, etc., etc. But uh, that sounds like Jimmy Hughes there. He preaches every other word is etc., etc. But anyhow, um, this, this week as I was uh, just thinking over all that we've been uh, hearing over the last uh, month and a half, uh, and then turned on a little bit of news. How many know that's normally not a very good thing? And sure enough, I found exactly what I expected, which was nothing good. It was pretty much all negative, all bad, and uh, things seemed like they were going to hell on a silver bullet, and in a lot of ways, many are. But, um, but then the good news is, is that God's Word never fails. Amen? So no matter what the bad stuff is, the good news for believers outweighs the bad. And so I spent some time just encouraging myself and then decided, well, I would encourage you as well. Is that okay this morning? So I want to just encourage us uh, with this word. God's plans are always good. His plans for you and I, his kingdom never fails. And uh, so I, I just started meditating on so on the contrary or the opposite of what the world is saying. And can I tell you, the word is full of good stuff. So let's jump into this. Psalm 34, I'm going to read a few verses here. Let me pray first. God, I just declare you're awesome. We love you. You are a God of mercy and grace and goodness and kindness, redemption. Lord, in the midst of all the wicked, dark stuff that's going on in the world, the light of your gospel shines forth. And I am thankful for believers. I'm thankful for kindred spirits. I'm thankful, Father, Lord, for what you're doing on the face of the earth today. And that in the midst of all the stuff that's happening, Lord, you speak to us and command us through your word to speak and declare your word over the circumstances. And so even though we know there are a lot of bad, wicked, evil things going on, Father, we also know that your kingdom is shining bright and people are coming to the faith all over the world. In the midst of horrible persecution, the church is rising strong. In places, Lord, like Nigeria and Kenya, Lord, in Cuba, and in nations of the world where there seems to be such persecution father your church is thriving many might say well it's underground but it's really not they might meet underground for safety's sake but lord your church is alive and powerful and mighty and we are grateful that we get to be a part of it in this day and age so this morning i pray father your word will encourage the saints And that we will be encouraged to be about the Father's business, not be encouraged just to feel good about ourselves. Lord, we will be encouraged to do 
the word and the will of the Father. So I give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Everybody said a big amen. Psalm 34, starting with verse 1, says, I will bless the Lord every once in a while when things are okay. Oh, that's not what it says? I will bless the Lord, say it, at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I am just finishing up, last night, just finishing up reading again the book by Brother Andrew on God's smugglers. Man, did I get convicted. I thought, you know what, sometimes you go about doing the Father's will and you know, I was thinking about the privilege that we as a church had in getting a million Bibles into Cuba, and, uh, and then mine and Oscar's recent visit there, and to hear how the church, how the people of Cuba had been locked down literally in their homes for a year and a half, and I started rejoicing at the fact that a million homes had the Word of God. When it looked like they didn't have anything else and they're discouraged and things are bad, they had the Word of God. And when we met with those pastors and, and sat at their dinner tables and, and had fellowship and ate with them and he heard their stories of how they supernaturally took care of their people during the lockdowns, that it was because they had the Word of God in their homes. And, and then reading Brother Andrew's story and finding out why he went by the name Brother Andrew because they, as they were going in and out of communist third world countries and they were trying to be incognito and they didn't want their name out there, they never ever used their last name. So he came up with what they were calling him anyhow, which was Brother Andrew. And how in the middle of going into these places and preaching and listening and watching and seeing the lack of Bibles, how him and his wife Corey were so convicted that what they believed God had called them to do, they really set out with all of their might to do. And he was sharing about one story where he had gone into Russia and they were literally in a building where there were 2,000 people. And when it came time for the preacher to preach, he literally stepped off of the stage and went out into the congregation to find someone who had a Bible. And he took the Bible and he went back up on stage and he opened the Bible and he preached. And then when the service was over, he closed the Bible and went back out in the congregation to give the lady who owned the Bible, her Bible back. And how later, over a meal, he shared his story that he had never owned his own Bible. And yet he had a church of 2,000 plus people sitting in the seats, and they said another 2,000 people outside of the building. Reminded me so much of, and those of you that were with us, going across Cuba, every single service uh, where we would go in with boxes of Bibles, the church would be packed to the hilt before it was time to start, and there would be people lined around the building, holding on to the rails, looking through the, the, the glass windows into the building. They couldn't get another person in. They were out there, but they were hungry for the Word of God. I didn't see anybody looking. Well, we don't have any windows here. <laughs> I was about to say, I didn't see anybody looking through the windows here. 
We have so much in our nation that we have to be careful to, to remember the goodness of God. And it's not about our stuff. It's about our obedience to the will of the Father. And I, I was just so convicted reading Brother Andrew's story of the price that he paid uh, to go into those countries, into Bulgaria and into uh, Russia and into Yugoslavia and into Czechoslovakia and all the other words I'm messing up. And how he'd be gone from his wife and then when she was pregnant for the first time, how he was working his way back across uh, the nations, had 1,800 miles to go on a little Volkswagen bug trying to get back in time for his first child to be born. Knowing that his wife, whether he made it or not, there was grace, grace there. But it was because he knew how faithful his God was. This morning I had the privilege, I don't want to embarrass them, but I had the privilege of sitting with a family that gives their lives uh, in the nation of Morocco, uh, their daughter goes to the Rock School, and uh, she is a wonderful representation of her parents um, and the kingdom of God. But it was a joy for me to get to spend a little time with Mark and Dana Masterson. Mark, Dana, and kids, Kenza, Sophie, is it Sophie or Sophia? Sophia and Lucas. You guys all stand. I want to give them a welcome. They're home for a few weeks from Morocco, and they are... Thank you, guys. They are precious people. They laid hands and prayed over me back in my office before service. And, but I was just thinking of the life that they're living and the commitment they made to uh, give themselves to the kingdom of God. And it's what we're all called to do, amen? So whether you live in Morocco or in Gainesville, we're called. I said this last week. We're called to full-time ministry. We're called to give our lives. Brother Andrew, what he did was great, but that's not what God's called you to do. God called you to go to your next-door neighbor, called Brother Andrew to go to Russia. And so what we want to do is be obedient to the word of the Lord. Come on, somebody. To us, where we are in our place of responsibility and be faithful. Number Verse 2, my soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. Last night I got an email um, that was forwarded to me uh, through one of the staff um, that was just sent to the Rocky Line uh, server and uh, it was addressed, asked to be forwarded to me uh, and it happened to be a man who, uh, his family are also missionaries to um, uh, Israel and the nations around there. Um, and I had a divine appointment, ended up sitting on a plane with him from Charlotte um, back to Gainesville a couple of months ago and got to talking, this man and I, and he finally uh, asked me uh, what I did and I told him and he and he kind of lit up and he said, the Rock Church. He said, now, is that any connection to the Rock School where his daughter goes to school? <laughs> <laughs> I 
And I said, well, yeah, it just happens to be a part of the ministry of the Rock of Gainesville. And uh, so I sh- he wanted to know some of the history. So I shared about Bob Carter, my brother-in-law, and I starting uh, the Rock School 30, a uh, long time ago. Can't remember all those years anymore. But uh, anyhow, we, we just had a wonderful time as he shared um, his story with me of what they're doing, what his family's doing, and that they've come home for uh, a year, and then we'll be heading back. And he was actually on his way home. He had been up for about 35 hours, and I said, dude, I'll stop talking. You can sleep, you know, and he said, no, no, I'll sleep tonight. But, but uh, we had just such a sweet fellowship, and, and as I was reading that scripture, it says, uh, those uh, who look to him are radiant. There is something about a believer that before they ever open their mouth, you oftentimes have a kindred spirit with someone, and, and then you use words, right? And, and all of a sudden, it's a witness. Yeah, this is, the, this, this is a brother. This is a sister in Christ. And, and then you hear some of their stories, and, you, and you're so encouraged in your life uh, that somebody is doing something that's great, and it's significant, and it shines through us as believers. Amen? That should be the goal of our life, is that before we ever open our mouth to speak, um, the life that we live and the radiance of God that's in us will be a testimony to someone who's hurting and it'll open up their heart to allow you to eventually use words to speak of the goodness of God. Verse 7, the angel of the Lord. Verse 6, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of how many of his troubles? Come on, somebody. If you need to be encouraged this morning, you got some troubles. The word says that he will deliver you out of all your troubles. So no matter what you're going through, Say, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. Yeah, but God does. It's not important that I know what you're going through. God knows what you're going through. And if it's trouble, God knows how to help you to get through it. That's good preaching right there. I might receive your tithe and offering in just a minute. Verse 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and what? Delivers them. And I love this next verse. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Lack, you say, well, pastor, I'm lacking in something. Well, then there's something wrong because the promises of God's word are yes and amen, and they never lie. You might be lacking something you're lusting over. That's a little different than lacking something that you have need of. If you have need of it, God will provide. His word promises it. And his word never fails. So you turn on stupid vision. You watch a little negative stuff. There's bad news going on. And you start getting depressed. If you're smart, you turn that stuff off. You go back to the Word of God, and you stir yourself to remember how good God is. How good He is. There was once a time when you were this, but now you're this. You were lost, but now you're found. You were without hope, but now you have hope. Why? Because of how good God is. And what His Word says, and what He's promised you. 
He didn't promise you that in the middle of him providing all that you have need of that you wouldn't go through some trials. I mean, when I talked to my friends overseas this last week, I got a, a long WhatsApp text from Pastor Dennis in Jamaica and from Pastor Abdiel in Havana, Cuba. And both of them were sharing with me. It was humbling to read these texts. They sent them on Father's Day, and they talked about how their lives were impacted because of the relationship that we have. Because I was willing to father them, even though the lang there was language barriers and there were all kind of barriers in Jamaica. And as I read their text, I was humbled. Because, see, I remember where I came from. I remember when I was not walking in victory. I remember when I was not walking in an abundant blessing because I was not abiding by the word of God. I remember what it was like to repent as a married man for being a thief and a robber in God's house and it bringing a curse on my family. I, I, I remember the humility of that, the brokenness of that, the anger of that. I wasn't angry at my wife for sticking a red painted fingernail in my chest. It didn't feel good, but I wasn't, I wasn't mad at her fingernail. I was mad that she had revealed a weakness and a failure in my life. But that and Holy Spirit brought us to this place of blessing that I can't even, I can't even begin to explain what God has done through obedience. And hear me, it's not about me, it's about you being obedient to whatever God was doing in your life so that whatever was lacking, someday you're going to look back and go, wow, look what the Lord has done. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. And you don't forget where you came from. You don't pump up your chest there like you're something. You ain't nothing. Without the blood of Jesus Christ, you're burning in hell forever. But because of his blood, you're a redeemed child of God. You're a son and a daughter of the most high living God, the great I am. He's your daddy, and he loves you. This week I was reading a story about a woman who uh, had come out of um, Iraq, and she was Muslim, and her family um, were very strong Muslims. And even as a child, she tells in her testimony how that there was something so lacking. She watched her parents' commitment to however many times a day they were on their face, on the floor, praying to their God, Allah, but never getting an answer, never hearing an answer, never seeing any peace in their family, anger. And, and she said her family finally uprooted and moved to uh, the United States, moved to California, moved to Beverly Hills. Her parents were hard workers and became very wealthy, and so she grew up as a Muslim kid in Beverly Hills, lacking nothing, but totally empty, with no peace, no joy, no happiness. Had everything, brand new, fancy sports car, had all the clothes, had all the, the bags. You know, girls, those bags y'all name. 
We guys just call it a bag. Y'all call it something like with, whoo, I got a whoo. <laughs> she had all the whoo, but she wasn't happy. Had no joy. Went to school, got her law degree. Brilliant woman, beautiful. Struggling with finding God or you out there. She did all the kneeling and praying and seeking. She said it was always quiet and empty and never heard an answer, never had a peace, never felt like she knew God. So she began to fall on her face and she just began to cry out, God, if there's a God out there that talks, will you talk to me? Crying out. If there's a God out there that speaks, will you speak to me? Got up, eventually decided to make a bold mood, move and decided to take the garment off of her head. And her iman told her that she was going to hang from the hair of her head and burn in hell for eternity because she had uncovered her head and she said right then and there she knew that if that's the God that he serves that's not the God she wanted to serve so she kept crying out and one day Jesus came to her in a dream don't you love Jesus dreams God dreams and I especially love God dreams that are not weird and mystical. <laughs> you know, you got, you got to have an interpreter. And no, I don't think God talks that way. I think that's pizza. <laughs> I think when God talks to you, he talks to you. He reveals his love for you. And he simply spoke to her in a dream, revealed himself to her. And says, daughter, you are well loved. First of all, he called her daughter. And he said, you are well loved. I read her whole story. It was, it, it was amazing. Not so much what she came out of. It's because everybody in this room came out of something. Say, right, right. oh yeah, I wasn't Muslim. Yeah, but you were wicked. <laughs> you were immoral. You were a drunk. You were an addict. So don't be taking pride in your sin of choice. Because none of that stuff has any eternal value. Only a relationship with Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen? And hearing this woman's story just encouraged me in my own story. I don't have to be saved out of the Muslim world. I don't have to be saved out of this world. And, and a lot of our young people, I pray over our youth all the time that they're not going to have testimonies one day that God had to redeem them from alcoholism or drug addiction or sexual immorality, but that their whole life they serve God. Come on, somebody. That they honor Jesus Christ. They gave their lives to the King of Kings. They knew him from an early age. They heard his voice. I believe it's possible. We were talking 
about baptism, we're going to plan another baptism for next Sunday. And if you haven't been baptized yet, it's going to be a great opportunity for you to come and, and publicly confess before the saints here and your family and friends of your conversion in Christ Jesus. But I was thinking about my own baptism when I was eight years old and how I never needed to be baptized again. I, I did some stupid stuff between when I got baptized and when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I tried to serve Jesus on my own flesh. And nobody in this room is that good. And so, man, I, I was like a yo-yo Christian for a while. Up and down, up and down. Man, on Sunday, I love God and I wanted to serve him. Problem was, Friday and all those pretty girls... All that the world had to offer. And because I wasn't full of the Word of God, wasn't full of the Holy Spirit, I'm trying to serve God on my own, and man, that flesh, it just, it just like, oh, man, by Friday, you can barely stand up. But then you get full of the Holy Spirit of God. You receive that gift of the person of the Holy Spirit who comes to live in you, not visit you, not come by on Sundays for a Sunday morning. Come on, let's go to church. No, no. The Holy Spirit lives in you to enable you to overcome your weaknesses and your failures and your lust and your fleshly desires. And he begins to uh, cause a hunger and a stirring inside of you to want to please the Father. Want to want to do what God's called you to do. Want to give your life to something that has eternal value. So you read these stories and you hear these amazing testimonies of what some people have gone through, and you think, "Well, I don't have that testimony." But you have the testimony that God redeemed you and saved you right where you are, who you are, and you don't ever have to be anybody else. You don't have to go do what somebody else is doing. What you got to do is just be faithful to what God has called you to do. Where has he called you to? What's he called you to do? Where are you working? Where are you giving your life to? Because wherever it is, his grace is sufficient to strengthen you, to help you, to go to that place tomorrow morning, Monday morning, right here in Gainesville. There's a mission field in Gainesville. Hospitals, nursing homes, government offices, schools. This week, we started Reach Week, and a whole bunch of faithful folks from here, uh, some that took off work, um, met out in Newberry, and a whole bunch of, and, and I got there right as they were finishing, and had my red shirt on, love God, love people, serve, serve, all this stuff. I walked in, and I, somebody's taking pictures like, like I'd done something. I just, I just got here, and, and they're like, Pastor, the principal wants to meet you, assistant principal wants to meet you, and so I, I met with the assistant principal, and she's just singing the praises of all these amazing young people and moms and dads that came out to serve and clean a public school. Nasty nasty you ever had something that's just nasty i mean i i, I just barely got on campus the pastor you got to come see this place but remember it was nasty before you what you're about to see is good it's the fruit of righteous labor but before we got in here it was nasty Matter of fact, Tom had to run down to a local hardware store to buy cans of wasp spray because they just had massive wasp nests everywhere. 
He, you missed a few too, because after y'all left, I walked around. I was like, oh man, big old things. Wasps are of the devil. Can you say amen to that? <laughs> I mean, just so we clarify, there are some things like are of God, wasps are not of God. I don't know why they were created or what their purpose is, but they're not of God. I want to encourage you this morning that no matter what you see and hear that's going on in the world, I want to encourage you not to, the, not to allow it to affect what God has called you to do and to be. But you can't just say that and hope it happens. You have to fill your mind and spirit with the Word of God. You have to get in the Word. What, what are you walking out today? What struggle, what attack of the enemy has he brought against you? What are you going through? Maybe in your business or maybe in your marriage, maybe, you know, in a relationship. Maybe it's with your health. Maybe it's with a, a, a friend, and, and you're, but you're going through something. How do you get through that in victory? The Word of God promises that his grace is sufficient, that whatever you have need of, he's already provided it for you. So you walk in faith through the fire. Man, we read the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and we go, Woo, them my boys there. Were they your boys before they got in that fire? Would you have been whispering to them, guys, seriously, all you got to do is just like bow. You don't have to worship or anything. Just bow your head, you know, just get down and bow. Isn't that what the world's saying to you today in your situation right now? You don't, you don't really have to believe all that. You don't really have to spend that time in prayer. You don't really have to spend that time in the Word. Just, you, know, just, just, you know, just give homage. No, man, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, Oh, king, you can heat it up all you want. But we're not going to bow. There's no need in going through all this. We honor you. We're, we're, we're going to serve, but we're not going to worship you. We, we only worship the one true living God. Man, he was furious. Veins popping out of his neck. He's a fireman. He's grabbing people. Grab them and throw them in. Man, those poor guys that throw them in, they, they didn't do anything wrong, except they had bowed to him. And now all of a sudden they're losing their life because they get near the flames and it just, you ever been on an outdoor fire and you're trying to roast that marshmallow for your s'more? Come on somebody, I know how y'all like s'mores. Man, you singe all day, you, you used to have hair on the back of your hand. <laughs> Annie else, you got it. <laughs> yeah, stick that hand over there, you hear it. You go, Woo! That marshmallow was not worth that. But they heated that fire up, and they threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Tumbled into that fire, and all of a sudden, there's not three of them, but there's four. And hear me, what are you going through in your life right now? You're not going through it alone. You might not see the fourth man, but he's there. His spirit is there. And if you will honor him and trust him, then no matter what you're going through, whatever your battle is, you're not going to let it win in the mind. You're going to take how many thoughts captive? 
You're going to take every thought, all thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ Jesus so that you can proclaim his word that in the middle of the battle, you declare, I'm still walking in victory. Do you know how many of y'all, when you see me and hug me, the first thing that comes out of your mouth is, how you doing, Pastor? <laughs> and, and recently, you've heard the response one day at a time. Because first of all, you ain't got time to hear everything I'm going through and what my battle is. And I neither want to lie and say, well, well everything's great because I'm a believer. Because everything ain't great. Come on, be real, right? When, when everything's not great, don't be telling people everything's great. I'm going through a battle. But guess what? I'm winning. I'm not quitting, not giving in, not throwing in the towel, not being moved. I'm making a decision. You got to make a decision that in the middle of the fire, he's with you. You might look around and say, well, I don't see him. He's there. His Holy Spirit lives and reigns and rules inside of you. And it's the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It's not some fake Holy Spirit. It's not another Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but that's some power there. And so if that kind of power lives in me, then even though I'm going through a battle and you're going through a battle, the battle is not going to overcome us. Amen? The battle's not going to win. Why? Greater is he that is in me than he that is surely against me. Aren't you glad you're not named Shirley? She gets blamed for everything. <laughs> we have any Shirley's in the house that's so off. Stop using that phrase. But Shirley... The enemy is against you, but greater is the Spirit of Christ that is in you. Psalm 100, verse 5. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good, and his steadfast love endures how long? Some of you need to learn how to speak that word in your life, in your circumstances. Because you're going through something. You're in the middle of a battle. Got an email this week from a list of, of people that have to do with this particular disease I'm fighting. And it's a, a support group. And uh, some of the people that have been in charge were needing to step down. And they were asking... Um, can anybody step up and lead this thing? And I prayed about it because the response I would get when I would go to these meetings was, um, what I was saying was different than what I was hearing. Let me say it that way. See, I can't be moved by what the disease is saying it's going to do to my body. You can't be moved by the bad marriage you're in. You can't be moved by the finances that look like, will I ever have a black pencil again or is just red a part of my life? Or I'm going through this battle and this is what 
the battle saying to me, but what does God say? So you got you to get to a point where what you're declaring is the kingdom of God and his word. For the Lord is what? Good. And his love is, is steadfast. It's new every single morning. Every day you get up, hear me, the love of God is new in your life. But you're not living like it's new. You're not responding like it's new. If we're not careful, we get into bad religious habits that we need to break so that we humble ourselves before God Almighty and declare what his word says over what my, what my circumstance says about the word that I'm going through. I can't repeat that because I don't even know if it sounded right, but I think it was. What does God's word have to say about your circumstance? I know what the doctors might say or the banker might say or your marriage counselor might say, but what does God's word say? See, that's how I have to live my life every day. Declaring, yeah, this might be going on, this might hurt, this might, I might be struggling with, but what does God's word have to say? And sometimes, you know, nobody, nobody knows me like my wife. And I'm thankful that after 44 years, she hadn't left me. She committed last week to another year. Honey, I mean, I'm, I'm going to try real hard. But sometimes you're not fun to be with. Guess what? Sometimes you're not fun to be with. Right? I know sometimes I'm not, because sometimes the battle is raging so strong, and you're trying to... You're trying to figure out how to fight this. And, and when I'm at home, see, I mean, I try to always be me no matter where I am, whether I'm at home or in the pulpit. But sometimes at home, I'm moody. Just telling y'all. Try not to be moody when I come to church. <laughs> and I'm not moody against my wife. I'm not moody against you. But, but there's a battle raging. And sometimes it seems like well, that battle might be winning. And so you have, to, you have to dig deep to find out and to remind yourself of God's word. You got to speak to yourself. You got to say, self, it's time to straighten up. And, and, then, and then you got to straighten up. Amen. It's not just good enough to say it. You got to walk it. Because he's faithful. And he's good. I don't have time to read all this, but I'm going to give it to you because I want you to read it when you get home. Powerful, encouraging story. First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 28, down through verse 36. Right there in the middle of the old covenant. Man, th there's some good stuff there. Verse 34 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. For he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. He's faithful. As I was reading the text from Abdiel in Cuba and was reminded of Oscar and I sitting at his lunch table after church with his whole family and them one after another just speaking fast. Oscar's having to translate everything. 
And, and each one of them telling their version of the story of what they have walked through. And yet we just came out of church where, man, they were worshiping God. Abdiel's playing the bass, his wife's playing the keyboard. Pastor Abdiel, I mean, Pastor Alita, uh, Abdiel's mom goes up, takes that mic at the end of worship and brings a godly exhortation, man, in, in the middle of all these people going through stuff. And it's hot as hot. It's Cuban hot. It's hot. Those people are worshiping God. They're not bound, needing air conditioning, comfy seats. Their battle is real. And man, I'm listening to them encouraging us with their stories of what? God's faithfulness. It's not woe is me and boy, pastor, we wish we were Americans. We wish we could go home with you. We wish we could get on the plane with you. But people that are in the middle of the battle, hear me, many of you are in the middle of the battle, what are you portraying? Is God still your God? Is he still faithful? Is he still good? Is he still steadfast? Is love you every morning? Is his mercy endured forever in your life? Is he good all the time when no one else is around? Is he? And if he is, then you got to allow that to begin to be manifested out of you. Don't open your mouth and blab all the negative stuff you just got through watching on television and then try to convince people that you trust God with what's going on. Man, can I tell you what's going on in America? Most of it is wicked and evil. But there are so many righteous, so many amazing godly people that are giving their lives some in Morocco, some in Israel, some in Cuba, some in, in Jamaica, some in Honduras, some in Peru, and some in your neighborhood that are reminding ourselves how good our God is. And as long as we don't do this to the enemy, you're going to win. You're going to overcome. You're going to be victorious. Because greater is he that's in you than he that is against you. Romans 8, verse 28, and I close. And we know that for those who love God, how many things? Man, the Lord sure liked that word all. All things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. So in the middle of knowing the day and the hour and the times that we're living in and facing the real battles that we face, don't give up, don't lose faith, don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Guard your faith, guard your heart, guard your mind, guard your spirit. What goes in comes out. So if it's garbage in, guess what? It's garbage out. So if you don't want to spew garbage, you want to spew righteousness, fill yourself with faith and trust and hope and belief in the goodness of God. Amen? Bow your heads with me. Father, in the name of the Lord, I pray over the people of this house today. 
And I say thank you for the righteousness of God that is in these people, that there is a hunger and a thirst to do what you have called them to do. They don't have to go to another nation or another country to do it. Wherever you have placed them, wherever you have placed all of us, that's where your anointing lies. That's where your grace lies. That's where your calling lies in our life. And so I pray over the people of this house that this day, as we walk out of this building, Lord, we will be ready and prepared to do the work of the ministry that has been set before us. We'll do it with our actions. We'll do it with faithful labor. Father, if we're working for someone, we're going to be the best workers that someone's ever had. If we own our own business, we're going to honor those who work for us. We're going to bless them. We're going to be the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus in our behavior, in our attitudes, so that our lives will matter on this earth. That the days that we have left, we will be faithful and diligent to be about your business, Father. I give you thanks for that, that today as I look across this congregation and I see people from all different walks of life and all different places, these are places that you have put, positioned, and placed us to be about your business. So I pray that this week, hundreds of people in this community will be touched by the goodness of God, by our actions, by our attitude, by our behavior, by our words. Use us, I pray. Fill and overfill us with your mighty presence, O oh God. Holy Spirit, I invite you, I welcome you, not only into my life, but in our lives, as in the life of this church, Father. Lord, that as we gather, your presence is always here among us, preparing us to go back out and be about, Father, what you've called us to be about. Help us not to read a story like Brother Andrew and think, wow, what an exciting life he had, thinking that our life can't be exciting. Father, I pray that the spirit of righteous excitement will be on all of us that every day we will wake up and say, God, I don't have a clue what you have for me today, but I can't wait to experience it. I can't wait to be about your business today in my community, at the coffee shop where I stop, at the gas station where I get my gas, at the grocery store, at the, at the place where I recreate and play, Father, at the place where I go to work and give my life. I'm looking for the opportunity to touch lives. I thank you for that. I thank you that you are a good God. That you have good thoughts towards us, your children. They are thoughts of good and not evil. They're, they're, they're thoughts of hope and not discouragement. You desire to use us, and I pray. I pray, Father, that that will be the desire of all of our hearts. Use me. Touch someone this day, this week. I declare that over this people in Jesus' name. Would you keep your head bowed for just a moment? Believers, would you pray for just a moment? If you're sitting in this room or you're watching online this morning and you do not have a personal relationship with this great loving God that I've been talking about, this God that speaks and talks and answers and responds, this God that loved you in your mother's womb before you were, he had already named you and had a purpose for your life. If you don't know him today in a personal way, I would love the privilege of leading you in a prayer where we simply invite Jesus. 
come in and be Lord of your life. With every head bowed and believers are praying, if that's you this morning in this room today, you're ready to pray that prayer and invite Jesus to be Lord of your life. Would you just simply raise up your hand? Let me recognize it. Let me lead you in a prayer in just a moment in this place. If that's you, lift it up. It's a battle to do it. I know it. It's the greatest, biggest decision you ever make in your lifetime. If you're watching online, I can't see you, but you can call or text or email. Yes, God bless you. Thank you. Yes, God bless you, dear. Thank you. You can put it down once I've seen it. Thank you. Man, I'll never forget the day that I responded to Jesus Christ. Changed my life forever. Not just for the here and now, but for eternity. Man, does he love you so much. Anyone else? Right now, this is your moment. We want to be a part of this prayer. Just lift up your hand let me see it. All right. Yes, dear, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, God bless you, dear. Thank you. Jesus loves you ladies so much. Brought you here for right here, right now. Next week, you can even come and get baptized, man. We'll rejoice with you publicly. Pray this prayer with me. I'm going to invite the whole congregation. Pray this prayer. Mean it from your heart. Pray it in faith. Father God, come to you in the name of your son, Jesus, the Christ, the Savior, the Redeemer, the Lord, the one who died on the cross. For my benefit Jesus I welcome you into my life I acknowledge that I've been without you sin in my life I confess it I acknowledge it and I reject it today I'm denouncing sin and separation and I'm choosing your kingdom I'm choosing a relationship today with you Jesus come into my heart let me experience the fullness of your love, the fullness of your goodness, and your kindness. Thank you so much that you were willing to die for me. Today, I'm choosing to live for you. Father, I thank you for loving me, bringing me to this place for such a time as this. Today, I'm choosing you, Father, for the rest of the days of my life and throughout all eternity. And I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a praise for these ladies that responded to salvation. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.